Golden West Radio now brings you the Lawn and Garden Journal. Get your questions ready. Our toll-free line is open at 1-800-374-3315. Now, here's your host, Carla Hersina, from St. Mary's Nursery and Garden Center. Good morning, everyone. We are listening, or we're on the Lawn and Garden Journal. It is October 29th, and there's only a few more shows left. This year has just gone by so quickly, and it gives us a lot to reflect back on and see how our gardens did and what we want to do coming forward. I know those catalogs for seeds are going to be in the uh, post pretty soon, as even yet, people are coming in and sort of saying, Hey, do you have any seeds? Yes, there's a little bit of remnant seed about, but we're excited too to get the new seed on the shelves coming up soon. They make great little stocking stuffers, and they give us a tease of what's to come. But right now, the focus, is, I guess, especially this weekend, it's about the pumpkin. Yes, there's pumpkins aplenty, and we're getting creative with their designs and oh how colorful the porches and stairs will be when they are lit up so today please listen the pumpkin oh greenly and fair in the lands of the sun the vines of the gourd and the rich melon run and the rock and the tree and the cottage enfold with broad leaves of greenness and blossoms all gold like that which O'Never's prophet once grew while you waited to know that his warning was true and longed for the storm cloud and listened in vain for the rush of the whirlwind and red fire rain. On the banks of the Zeni, the dark Spanish maiden comes up with the fruit of the tangled vine laden and the creole of cuba laughs out to behold through orange leaves shining the broad spheres of gold yet the dear delight from his home in the north on the fields of his harvest the yankee looks forth where crooknecks were coiling and yellow fruit shines and the sun of september melts down on his vines oh on thanksgiving day from the east and the far west from north and from south, some pilgrim and guest, when the gray-haired of New Englanders sees round his board the old broken links of affection restored, when the care-wearied man seeks his mother once more, and the worn matron smiles where the girl smiled before, what moistened the lip and brightened the eyes, what calls back the past like the rich pumpkin pie, oh, Fruit loved of boyhood, the old days are recalling, when wood grapes were purpling and brown nuts were falling, when wild ugly faces we carved in its skin, glaring out through the dark with a candle within, when we laughed round the corn heap with hearts all in tune, our chair of a broad pumpkin, our lantern, the moon, telling tales of fairies who travelled like steam in a pumpkin-shelled coach with two rats for her team. Then thanks for thy present, none sweeter or better, e'er smoked from an oven or circled a platter. 
Fair hands never wrought with a pastry more fine, brighter eyes never watched over its baking than thine, and the prayer with my mouth is too full to express, swells my heart that thy shadow may never be less, that the days of thy may not lengthen below, and thy fame of thy worth like a pumpkin vine grow, and thy life be as sweet, and its last sunset sky golden tinted and fair as thy own pumpkin pie. Welcome back, everyone. We are listening to the Lana Garden Journal. And as I look down at my notes here, there's a lengthy list of notes that there's reminders of what we can do for the fall before we shut our gardens down. And yes, we're in the throes of shutting our quonsets and our buildings and our greenhouses down. There's a sadness of putting things away. We're seeing empty tables, but yes, it's the winter that's going to come and those houses are going to have a long winter's rest, but not too far of a rest or not too long of a rest as, yeah, around here we usually start up in January and I know that you are looking and will be looking at a lot of the catalogs are going to be coming out as I too still are looking at a lot of our seed catalogs and there's a little bit of a a tinge or a spark that's there that's going yeah I totally want to grow that next year I want to try this change a color are you looking at changing colors in your garden this is the time where you can kind of assess where things did well not so well where you want to flip divide split divide add new texture add new color or maybe you want to change your theme of color totally did you plant a lot of red this year maybe you want to go orange or maybe why am i thinking orange it must be that pumpkin influence that's out there it gives you that little bit of a giggle now if we're thinking of keeping the gardening going before we go and do some cleanup or some tips about cleaning up the yard this is the perfect time and the weather is beautiful for it we have a hint of new warm weather that's ahead of us if the forecast shows true we're going to have some sort of lower or sort of upper digits of eights and tens ahead and it's going to make great fun for all those little trick-or-treaters that are maybe venturing out it also makes us have our gardens a little bit extended it's by creating and it's taking those front pots that are at your welcoming doors or at your gates and flipping them to a autumn and then eventually to a holiday pot so if you still have a container that's out there that looks like the ornamental grasses are a little browning leave them they give you that autumn texture you might want to pop in a few garden mums for a pop of color and I love nestling canes of uh, grapevines that are nestled around in there with some pumpkins and some gourds just to give it that extra little pop and who knows that one pumpkin may nestle beautifully beside your display with the carving of your day of how you want to be able to express it have your year it's going to be fun I know that the grandkids are going to get right down and deep into that pumpkin and start carving them out Maybe they'll be picking some of the seeds out to roast. It's something that could be trained trained or taught Sorry, to your children. Yes, I know that last year uh, they even put uh, Oscar, my young grandson, 
They did a little bit of hollowing out, and lo and behold, he had a little perfect pumpkin patch seat to sit in. So cute. So make it creative. Pumpkins are there, not just for the edible aspects. It's for that festive feel that you have that's on there. There are so many different things that you can do with the pumpkins after, even at the same time. So a few things. If you want to carve that one special pumpkin... Make it creative. Have the kids do their carving too as well. Now, here's the question too. We just uh, had a conversation here just this morning. Do you carve your pumpkin and cut the top off? Or do you leave the, the nestled little top of it left there and you carve the bottom so that you're easily able to just slip that pumpkin over top of maybe a, a glowing battery candle or maybe a lit candle? that's in there. How do you carve your pumpkin? You can phone and let me know. You can also say, uh, maybe phone and let me know what you do with your pumpkins afterwards. Do you start cooking it? Do you have areas that you're wanting to put it? So, or does it go to the compost bin? There's so many different things that you could do by even making pumpkin puree. Somebody even mentioned maybe doing a pumpkin spice latte pumpkin lasagna. I'm looking at this and I wrote some down that I found on one of the websites and I was amazed at what what people were doing. Can you imagine pumpkin lasagna? I'm going to have to dig deeper into that one to sort of see how it's done, how tasty it would be. And of course, one of the favorites, pumpkin butter. There's so many different things that you can do with your pumpkins and make it festive. And if it's going if it ends up going to the compost bin, There's some nutrient base that goes right back to the lines and to the gardens. There's a nutrient base that takes us back to it. So much to do with the pumpkin and it's so much fun for the kids to do. Now, if you're not creating your outdoor arrangement, or maybe you are, think of it because after Halloween is over, you may have a little bit of a length of stay to keep that pop of color with those beautiful garden mums. But there's that flip two that's coming. Yeah, I'm going to mention it because the holidays are going to be coming and we saw a little wisp of snow earlier. Now we were talking about taking those outdoor containers and yes, the pumpkins are going to be gone. They're going to be finished. The mums maybe have a little bit more of heavy frost on them in the next two weeks. Maybe, but we still have that beautiful color that can be shown that's in the front. And then, have you thought about flipping your containers to holiday? Yes, those containers, leave the soil in them, cut down those grasses, but leave the roots anchored in because that old soil will help to hold up the structure of what you're going to create it in. Uh, We do classes here, so if you want to keep the mess here, but otherwise it's a perfect time when the weather is warm to be able to put it in there because A, the soil is not frozen, so it can still be applied. So in the next little week, I envision people starting to create those outdoor containers. A little bit of a hint though, if you're going to your uh, garden center and looking for those uh, boughs of white pine, cedar, maybe even a little bit of hemlock that looks in there. There's a diversity of colors of greens that really exemplify sort of this beauty of texture that you can create with your containers. So when you're doing it, get your pine boughs, work with the soil, and 
moisten your soil first. And it's just like when you're doing your floral arranging with fresh flowers that you've picked up from the market. You want to cut the lower stems of it off uh, and push it into the soil. And you, some of those boughs may have the tendency because they seal themselves off. They may draw up some of that moisture that you've put it into the soil. So it helps to add to their freshness until they get winter locked in and frozen into that soil. So there's combinations of them. And you can go online and take a look. If you're able to go online, there's such a difference in what you do. I've seen solid containers done with sort of this drippy cedar beautiful look to mixed containers using your silver fir, your white pine. Yes, the white pine is so pretty. And also into the cedar. Now you can add different elements to it by branching. Birch poles has been a great sort of trend that's on there, which helps to give you some added height to it. It actually gives it that little welcoming. And I love using little fairy lights as you light and you strand them up the birch poles and giving some of the lights underneath and on top of the nesting of the evergreens on the top. You really don't see it during the day, but at night, the nighttime effect is beautiful that's on it. And if you want to get a little advanced, if you're doing something for this weekend, Maybe don't put the pine boughs in, but you can definitely put some birch poles in there. And if you wanted to put the pumpkins around the birch poles with maybe some wisps of red dogwood twiggings, or maybe if you're using curly willow, which adds to that nighttime effect of sort of this gnarliness, that would actually make a really good display with your mum and with some of your pumpkins. And the added lights will give you some added security in the evening for lighting the pathway to your front door so you can actually create some extra little light effect that's on there. So let's make our front entrances beautiful. Visit your garden center. Look at the mums. Start looking for those boughs because, yes, I too would rather work and put my baskets together when it's a little bit warmer than when it's cold. Here's the thing too, just a reminder, if you're not going to do it yet, Bring that container into the house just before you want to do it, if you're going to do it, and let the, it thaw on the day that you take your items home. Now, I want to do some last-minute calls to action for cleaning up, and it's a little bit of a list. So if, if you have questions about it, you can give me a shout. If not, we're going to talk about certain things that should be happening now, just as a gentle reminder, because I know our lives have been very busy, and it gives you that little, aha, I didn't do this yet. This is what I should do. And because the weather is so warm, if there's last minute plantings that can be done, yes, you can do that. But just remember, when you're digging up your holes and you're doing your splits, divides and transplanting, the ground is really warm right now. We're going to get some rain later this week, which will nestle them in nicely. Put some bone meal or some mite fertilizer in the bottom of it just to start that little enhancement of allowing your new, uh, the roots to get a little, yeah, a little bit of a tease of a feed to get them anchored in. Fall planting is perfect for planting in a lot of trees and shrubs yet. On the landscape side, that's the other side of us, we will continue putting in a lot of uh, larger trees, right even up to the point where we're dig- digging the backhoe breaking that little bit of that frosted crust and you see that warm steam coming from the ground upwards so you know that the ground beneath is very warm and it's perfect for growing 
Now, once you've done that, if you're wanting, you can do your splits, your divides. It's also time now, too, if you're in the mood to start cutting down some of your perennials, if you want to. There's always the what if, or the other side of it is, what if I leave them up? Well, if you leave them up and they have still blooms on them, they will drop their seed. There may be some self-seeding going on there if you want them to self-seed. Some perennials, we really don't want them to self-seed because they go everywhere. So knowing your perennial and what you've planted is a very beneficial thing. Leaving them up, actually, if you're in an open up wide space, leaving the foliage on your plants longer encourages snow to be caught in those areas, which allows for more of an insulating factor, which is important, right? We know that the hardiness zones of our perennials are only depicted, and there's that ratio when you're looking at the card and it says hardy to minus 30. Well, that's hardy to minus 30, but I think that's hardy to minus 30 without too much snow on it. So giving that extra little bit of snow in that area will help it to even have a little bit more of a survival instinct that's on it. Now, if you've done that, have you gone through the leaves? Oh my, we have done our leaves, I know, in our yard. I think I got 20 bags of uh, leaves off ours that were just nicely stacked on the driveway for a leaf pickup day. But lo and behold, yes, our leaves were gone, and it gives me a giggle, even as mum tells me weekly, the wind went east this week, I got the leaves, and lo and behold, it blew from the west, and now it's over on the neighbors. So it's a little bit of sharing leaves from one house to another, unless you're raking them up. So rake up your leaves, compost those fallen leaves if you're looking for composting, or please don't throw them in the garbage, put them in for leaf collection and compost collection so that we can get that greens going. It just saves everything that we have and it adds to it composting is perfect time for it and rotating some of that maybe you've got to cut the lawn one more time that leafy matter to the dry leaves makes a perfect recipe yeah almost like we talked about it before a lasagna effect dry and wet in between all right another quick shout out tulips and garlic if you haven't done it This is the weekend to get it in the ground. If they're sitting in the garage, let's get out there, get them planted. Because otherwise, if you don't get them planted, some folks may say, oh no, I did not get my tulips planted. What do I do with it? Well, lo and behold, chill them in the fridge. Keep them in a cool area. Maybe you have a fridge that's in the basement or somewhere that's just away from some of the uh, potatoes and onions that are there. And lo and behold, you can actually pop those tulips out. You may want to splash a color end of February, early March. So you can actually force these by putting them and uh, planting them later on. But you want to give them a little bit of a chilling first before you plant them. And how lovely would that be in March to have a bouquet or a nice, beautiful uh, planting of tulips growing in the house? And that reminds me, talking about the bulbs. Yeah, there was that aha moment. 
The amaryllis has arrived. So look at your garden center. So if you're looking for the amaryllis, the amaryllis should have be arriving or close to arriving to your garden center. So it's one of those plantings that you might want to adventure into for the holidays. And some of the trends that are happening right now with some of the amaryllis, and yes, if you don't know, it's a very large bulb. It doesn't necessarily have to go in soil. Some of it can be just grown by the bulb itself. And there is a trend out there that's huge where you grab the uh, amaryllis bulb itself has a little wiring stand that's on the bottom that holds it just perfectly like that. No soil, not in a pot, but it is in a trend factor. And yeah, I got to say it. Uh, I like glitter, but there are some that are out there that you can get completely covered in glitter from gold to silver and even purple. So if purple glitter is your thing, maybe try growing a, a amaryllis that is glittered up. And the other trend is also with wax. There's the wax coating that's on it. It gives it a little bit of a trend. It gives you a little bit of a artful feel that's on it, especially for the holidays. Yeah. Do you see the tone? The tone is the next season is holiday. And as we start to clean up and we start to take care of the garden. We can't forget that there are some of us that have little starter greenhouses that are out there. And it just reminded me because someone uh, was just telling me this morning or coming in and saying, hey, what do we do? All the plants are gone out of the greenhouses. Well, it's where we take the time to clean things up. And as we're cleaning and cutting back all the perennials in the garden or moving and planting and raking, the garden shed is also an area that is important to clean up. And it makes it so much better in the fall to do it than trying to deal with it in the spring. I always find that it's perfect to sharpen the tools, sweep out the shed, make it all nice and clean and organized. So when you walk in it first thing in the spring, it's almost that aha moment where, hey, the tools and the everything is just sitting there and hanging going, we're ready to get this done. We're ready. We're prepared. So clean out the garden shed, get things cleaned up. Yes, even wash up some of those tools. Maybe put a little bit of oil on them so that they don't rust up over the the winter time. Reminds me when mom and dad used to get a little bit of that clean paint that's out there and paint things up a little bit to keep everything a little bit crispier and cleaner. It's always nicer to be a little bit tidier in that aspect. And if you have a little bit of a greenhouse, this is where you're wanting to do a really good sweep out of cobwebs and maybe put a little bit of a bleach and water solution on some of those tables so that you're able to get a little bit disinfectant happening on your little greenhouse that's on there. We like to give everything a little bit of a cleanup here too at the garden center, sweep things out, even some of the cobwebs. Well, maybe we'll leave the cobwebs until after Halloween. Who knows? All right, another call out and shout. The lines are open, 1-800-374-3315. We're all anxious for the weekend. We're out there getting our pumpkins. And it's kind of fun to find and go to see some of the little pumpkin patches that are out there for for family fun. It is an activity that's done. And yes, our tradition was done last weekend with the grandkids. We took them out. And you can see how amazed they are with by walking through all the different pumpkins that are out through there. It's so much fun to do. Now, have 
you started marking down some more things that could be done for the gardening? Have you applied some winter mulch? If you're looking at doing some of the winter mulch that's on there, you can apply and add different things to your garden. This is another task that if you're going to do. If you've run your lawnmower over a lot of those leaves, maybe the broken up leaves can be added to the garden. You can find different things if you're adding. Clay Buster is one of our top items that we like to do in the fall that's on it. So it allows you to break up the clay, especially in the lake area. We're in the bottom of a lake bed here where where soils are very, very clay. And even though we work them after a number of couple of years, they have a tendency to rebind themselves. So by adding that clay buster, the gypsum that's in there, it does give that property that's to it that causes it to break up that binding effect. It's not forever. It does have to be reapplied. But there is a difference when working your soil and putting that pitchfork in there and having it come up so much lighter. So peat moss is also a great additive if you're wanting to sort of bring down that alkalinity to a little bit more of acidic portion of it. Clay buster and peat moss. And a little tip of mine, if you need to do both, get out the clay buster, spread it out, get out the peat moss, spread it out, turn once. So shorten shorten up the little bit of the time frame that you have on it so it does bring it in and adding mushroom compost or heaping up some of the mushroom compost around some of your plants is actually a good way of preparing for over uh overwintering and using a, a mushroom compost is actually good because it allows a little bit of that nutrient base that's in that aspect for when spring does come right Now we have to touch in, I think we talked a little bit about overseeding last year. Now this is your lawn. If we stay warm, yeah, yeah, the leaves are on there. You might have to get that lawnmower out one more time. It's a little bit of a benefit. You can leave the leaves and some of the grass clippings at this time on there for that nutrient aspect. And it's not a bad thing, maybe at the end of this week when the temperatures dip down, to get out a little bit of that Scott's fertilizer I think it's a 3204 to do it as an application. You'll get a little slight release on it, but then the reward will come next spring when the snow melts and your lawn is ready to go. It's got the nutrients that are right there, right for it. Now, other things that you can do. Are you prepared? There's even a few of those last little little bit of weeds that can come out of the garden. So if you're out there on your walkabout, take a look to see if there's any weeds that are popping up in different areas. You could do that last minute, yes. And I know we're probably all tired of weeding. But even here, as we're out and about, we're always trying to keep things a little bit neat and tidy. There is an expression that the bugs, if they do come, they'll probably come to the weeds first. So we like keeping all the weeds pushed down and moved away. So check on those. Now, have you done your plants? Hopefully everything is brought indoors with the tropicals for overwintering. Yeah, we were a little remiss on bringing, yeah, it happens. And I'll be the first to admit, we left a couple of our hibiscus outside and it got a little bit cool. So they were a little bit shell-shocked. The the leaves are, are yeah, a little, I'm going to admit it, they're a little crisp, right? But if the stems are underneath them or a little bit still green, you can hold them back, bring them in, 
Remember to reduce on the amount of water you're giving them because they're respiring, because that's the synthesis of how they do photosynthesis is they have to have the leaves to grow. So you're going to cut them, um, cut back on your watering a little bit so you're not encouraging all that because you may have a tendency to overwater the roots when there's very little leaf matter on top. So you want to make sure that's well protected. So bring those plants in. And you may have noticed when you're bringing them in, you may have noticed because there is a little bit of an influx where people are starting to come back in and saying, okay, the plants are coming back in, but so are the fungus gnats. Well, if they were outdoors, there could be a cycle that they were living in the soil outdoors. So if you want to take some clue and protection against that, uh, lightly and cutting back the water will help that because they do a cycle from soil to adult and they fly about in front of you and you get like, ah, they're flying everywhere. So let the soil dry out a little bit more on the top. If you do have to water, get out an old fork, tilt it up. It's like a little cultivation to get that air a little bit more, or the soil, sorry, a little bit more fluffed up so it dries quicker. So that will break up that where those uh, eggs are nestled into the moisture that keeps it drier. And what you can do is use a little bit, we've talked about it before, is diatomaceous earth. That is a powder that you can put on top of the soil after you fluffed it up. It causes a detriment to those uh, eggs once they hatch and it causes any kind of creepy crawly insect that may have been harboring inside the soil too. No, hey, we could talk about creepy crawly things. It's Halloween weekend. But if we don't want them to last a long time, the diatomaceous earth is going to help to prevent them, all right, from expanding or growing or multiplying. So do that as an application. Little yellow sticky strips. If you're a gardener or a tropical a plant person, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. They're little sticks, little uh, sticky strips that you can put close to the plants. I like using them because if I do have a problem, I like putting sticky strips close to where I think I have the problem. And even venturing to house plants are just a little bit away from that. By targeting that, put a little sticky strip in. If you have a problem, you're going to notice it right away on that sticky strip because you're going to see the evidence on that sticky strip right away. So if the population is higher in one area, you know that you can take action on those plants first. And if there's a few in a different area, yes, that's your secondary. But take care of your areas that have the higher population first and try to eradicate that. The other thing too, remember when you're bringing tropical plants indoors, they too like to be misted. They too like to have a little bit of a shower. So if you can get them into a shower, why not? Just remember, a little tip, put a plastic bag over the soil because you do not want soil going down the drain. So protect the soil itself so you're not rewatering it, but you're giving your plants a, a refreshing shower And if you haven't done so yet, if you brought plants from outdoors, indoors, you're also washing off any critter that may be coming in, which may be aphids or any other type of uh, bug that may like to harbor on top of your plants. Just a little bit of information. Now, the other thing too, 
once you've done this regime, there is a product um, Endol or Trounce that you can apply to the leaves to as a prevention if you're starting to see it. And check the bottoms of the leaves. Check your stemming. This is an early indicator where you can get up close to your plants and take a look at the stems, look for scales. And if you flip the leaves over to the undersides of the leaves is most the time where you're going to find if you have an insect that's harboring there because if I was a bug and it was raining outside, where would I want to be? I'd want to be under the leaf so that I don't get washed away. Do you see what I'm saying? So the undersides of the leaves, you'll see either egg sacs or you'll see the aphids themselves because they usually are on the undersides, which then causes the curling of the leaves when they're sucking on the leaf structure, getting all that nutrients out of your plants. So you want to be preventative, which is a good thing. All right. Now, the lines are open, 1-800-374-3315. We've talked about the clay buster. We've talked about um, cleaning up your greenhouse. There's one other thing when you're cleaning up, and if you're not going to be creating outdoor containers, or I'm going to throw the glove down. I want you to create an outdoor container. If you've never done one before, create something pretty because you will enjoy it and your neighborhood will enjoy it. And I've even gone to the point where if I've sort of endorsed creating an outdoor container, can you imagine an outdoor container on every house of your street? Have a pot party, right? Well, okay, I, I'm backing that up. Have an outdoor container creation pot party that's on there all right how pretty would that be so pretty now in the summer i know i go crazy by doing a lot of containers a lot of planters you want to choose a pot that you can do that can overwinter outdoors <clears throat> excuse me because if you're using a ceramic container you want to make sure the soil is very dry before you use it it's going to be a totally different by using a plastic pot, which can take a little bit of moisture, and you're not afraid that it's going to crack. Do not use your very favorite planter or container, because if it freeze-thaws, freeze-thaws, you're going to break your container. All right? Please don't do that. We like those ceramics. And you're not going to do 25 different pots. You're probably going to do one or two and create it beautifully that way. Let's see what we can do. Let's see if we can come up with something that's so pretty that's on there. Yes. Now, your ceramic pots that you're not using, this is the time frame this week that you may want to clean them up, brush them off, let them air dry in the sun. Because even though you may have not used it and you moved it to the garage, and you've moved it to the shed, if the shed and the soil is wet and the pot, the ceramic pots stay wet, you are actually encouraging that frost heave, frost heave, which will eventually crack your pots. So take care of your ceramic pots. They are beautiful. They look even more beautiful as they age and they tell a story because you love that pot and you've done different type of arrangements in it. All right, it's down. We said... We're going to do a little bit of a container and then extend it into holiday, which is coming up soon. Well, everyone, please listen. 
about my friend Jack. Jack comes every year to visit me, and his grin is just to smile. Nearly toothless, he doesn't care. He laughs all the while. Eyes glowing with mirth and merriment, he makes this time of year happy, though he's not much in conversation, and he has no repertoire snappy. Jack stays for only a few weeks. Every year when he, the leaves turn yellow, he's as welcome as he could possibly be. He's quite the fun old fellow. Now the sun goes down and the moon goes up and the costume monsters are calling. Let the candle to Jack get going. Fast, the eventide's falling. All Halloween night he sits with me, sits with me grinning to greet the neighbors. Tis his candle's gone and he goes to sleep. The hours I truly savor. So long, old Jack. Tomorrow, uh, November's on its way. We'll see you again next year when you come to visit the pumpkin patch. We will all be waiting right here. Have a safe Halloween, everybody. We'll be back on the Lawn and Garden Journal next week. Bye-bye, everyone.